Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Episode three of the Ranting Rangers podcast. Brian Padgett here alongside Andrew Chodis. What's going on today? I'm doing well, Brian. How are you? I'm good. You know, nothing nothing really new going on these days. Just, just same old, same old. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, we're back. Plenty to talk about as usual. Um, today we thought we'd, we'd take a look at sort of the Rangers roster breakdown, look at their depth uh, throughout the whole organization at, at all the positions, sort of maybe do a little bit of discussion about, you know, what we think of how we'd evaluate uh, the, the depth at each position and what the, the future looks like uh, at all of these positions, maybe even discuss some, some future possible acquisitions uh, or really anything along those lines. So yeah, we've got, we've got that on tap today. If we have time at the end, we might do a little bit of a further discussion about the, you know, 2014 proposed playoff, which continues to keep gaining steam. But that's the plan. Anything to add before we begin, Andrew? I think I think we should just get to it, Brian. And I think we should start talking about those centers first. Let's get started with the centers, exactly. So, um, figure the way we'll do this is we'll kind of lay out uh, what the Rangers have, and then we'll sort of shift into a discussion about each of these guys. So, down the middle, the Rangers, of course, Mika Zibanejad. Uh, again, this is kind of in or in order of, I guess, the the depth chart you could call it. Then Ryan Strom. Philip Heedle, uh, Brett Howden, Greg McKegg, Leas Anderson, Morgan Barron, and Carl Henriksen. Those last two not currently in the NHL, but uh, you know we assume we'll make the transition soon. So as a whole, what do you think here of the center depth? What, what, what are you thinking? I think that uh, you know the top two centers in Mika Zibanejad and Ryan Strom, obviously you know close to elite. I mean Mika Zibanejad for sure. I think the depth definitely needs some help for sure. Filipino, still young, so you know he still needs some time to develop. Brett Howden, former first-round pick, you know he was really useful in the penalty kill this year, but I still think he needs to take some offensive strides. But again, another really young player, Greg McKegg. You know he was brought he was brought in uh, this year before the season uh, from the, from the Carolina Hurricanes, and you know what? Same on the penalty kill. He knows his role, doesn't get many minutes, but you know he's a good depth forward. Does he have a future with his organization? Probably not. It was probably just a one to two year stint. Leah Sanderson. Um, that's a uh, that's a whole discussion in itself. Um, Jeff, the seventh overall in the 2017 draft, of course. Um, currently, you know, he was loaned out to HV71 in the Swedish Hockey League. Just a rough season, you know, from the beginning. You know, from uh, from tripping on that wire to opening night. You know, to being shipped to being shipped uh, out of North America. Um, so when you talk about him. You know the skill is there, right? You know, had great world championships right before being drafted. Has shown, you know, has shown some, you know, glimmers of hope there. Um, but it's really it's unfortunate to see what we've seen go on with the kid here in Anderson. And his role with the future in the organization, I'm not really sure. I would say that's, I mean, right that's now. as up in the air as you could. It's so, it's I mean, so up anyone. in the air right now because, you know, he's back in the AHL, the mode it brings – Call, you know, he gets called up, starts opening night, and then he gets loaned out to Sweden, and then this thing comes out with his, you know, some, some mental health issues, which, of course, we wish the best for him in regards to that. But the whole situation, I think it's really – it's gone to shambles at this point, and I don't think the Rangers have really handled it that well. Um, and based on what's happened, you know, from him signing his ELC just a couple of years back to now, I don't, I don't see how things can get 
any worse from where they are right now. And um, I think that he will have his shot again, probably for the Wolfpack starting next season. And I hope we can see him back on the main roster. But Brian, do you really think to add on this? Because he's, you know, just a story. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of hit all the points. I mean, the main point is there's a lot of uncertainty. I think I think it's fair to accept that, you know, Lee Sanderson is, is a bust. He's not the, necessarily the, the player the Rangers thought they were getting at, at seventh overall there. But that's not to say that his he doesn't have any sort of NHL career uh, in his future. Again, he's, he's not going to be that top six center that he was drafted to be. But, I mean, he's... He's definitely he's got the he's got the awareness he's got the IQ. Uh, I do think he did kind of show some flashes of skill as you mentioned early on, but we haven't seen those in the last two seasons probably. That that could be attributed attributed to the guys he's playing with at the start of this year and you know lack of opportunity. But at the same time, other guys have found ways to earn opportunities, even like Filipino. And you know part of that obviously has to fall on Anderson too. So I think it's it's a cloudy future. I think it, it's probably uh, it's. I mean, I the likelihood of him continuing with the Rangers is relatively low. I probably think he's got a better shot at becoming that fourth, third line center uh, somewhere else. But there, yeah, that one, yeah, you know, you never know. There's really a lot of mixed reports on that whole situation. And you also brought up a point about him maybe seeing some time elsewhere. I and mean, there have also been, you know, a lot of rumors circulating around, um, you know, about possibly a trade, a swap for him with another, you know, top pick that hasn't really been so successful in the NHL and Jesse Pugliarvi, who is currently, you know, with the... And I, I don't think Edmonton would be... I think well, the Rangers I, are going to well, have to sweeten the deal it, it would, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be a 1v1 because yeah. Jesse Pugliarvi, he's shown, he's shown skills back in, in the league yeah. in Finland. But I think that maybe if the Rangers were able to package maybe a mid-round pick or maybe even a higher mid-round pick, like second, third, along with Leah Sanderson, I think that's a really interesting trade but i'm I mean, not sure i'm not I mean, and you also I'm, get a winger in pluyarvi which we'll get to next we need some depth yeah, yeah, wingers but, too. but but i mean i don't know i'm not i'm not sold on there's not there's nothing that leads me to believe that pluyarvi is like got a so much a brighter future than anderson other than it's just your typical change of scenery kind of move. and you know what that reminds me of it reminds me of what the Rangers did with ryan strom and ryan spooner right because you know the change of scenery yes There's, and again, it happens to be another center, but that's relevant. But those, but those were NHL players. At the those time, were NHL so players. That, that's that. That is true. But it's still, you know, I mean, these are guys drafted high overall. Ryan Strom, you know, drafted top five, drafted yeah. high overall, could not, you know, come into their own. And then you get a little, uh, you know, change of scenery, and boom, you know, they pop out like that. Will that happen with somebody like Leah Sanderson or Jesse Puljujarvi? Probably not. But there's always the chance, and I think that it's so low risk right now for Jeff Gordon to trade him. And I think the reward, I mean. It's the risk is so low. I don't really think there's a point of not taking. Yeah, that. yeah, no, and I want to. I want to make that clear that I'm not necessarily against Pulleyarvi or anything. I I would be totally happy to do a Pulleyarvi for Anderson one v one swap. I don't think that would happen. Yeah, but giving up a third round pick and Anderson mm-hmm. would be like a little bit too mm-hmm. steep a price for me. Maybe another like prospect that sort of uh, is like you know on the decline. Um, but there's definitely there definitely is a possibility of a deal there. I want to talk about one more thing when it comes to the centers too which is something I, I put down here, which is, you know, there's, there, there's a lot of mixed opinions on the Rangers center depth as a whole here. And there's, there's a lot of uncertainty, not just with Leah Sanderson, but with a lot of guys here, obviously Ryan Strom coming off a great year. We talked about that a lot on the last episode playing with Panarin. I mentioned, and I'll say it again, you know, if Panarin, if Strom is, you know, helping Panarin have success and, and Panarin's career year is 
is partially like a byproduct of playing with Strom, then that's fine. There's no issue with keeping him around for the next six years to center Panarin's line and have those have those two be a, a real a force to be reckoned with up front. At the same time, Panarin's a skilled player. Maybe Strom is, is a guy that is just expendable now because anyone can kind of play with Panarin and find success. And don't know. We, we don't know. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. And that's, but know. that's the question. And that's something the Rangers are going to have to figure out, you know, this offseason to some degree, because they'll have some decisions to make about Ryan Strom. But the real question in, in regards to the Rangers center depth is then, okay, what are, what are, you know, your, what is your opinion on Philip Hedl and Brett Howden? Because that's where there's more, uh, you know, sort of variables in place in terms of how they develop. If you know, some people see Philip Hedl as a surefire second line center and some don't, uh, we talked a little bit about him last time, but I thought we'd circle back to that. What are your thoughts here, just I guess in general, on that, on just the Rangers' depth in regards to sort of Strom, Heedle, Howden, how you sort of see that playing out? What are, what are your thoughts on those guys? There's a lot of youth in, in the center depth right now. I mean, compared to a lot of other teams where you know you have those third and fourth checking lines with the veterans. So I think that I don't think it would hurt the Rangers that much maybe to bring in a veteran center on like a cheap contract, maybe just to mentor, you know, these kids on – you know, on, on the third and fourth line and take away some of that pressure for a first-round pick like Philip Hedl or Brett Howden, you know, to show some offensive star power when they, when they clearly cannot show that at this time. So I think that's a really interesting thing the Rangers could do this offseason. And, and I think Brett Howden and Greg McKegg, I also, I also think they've done a really nice job towards the latter end of the season, you know, on special teams, on those, you know, those late, those late time situations so I think that uh, I think that they may have an essential role to this team. Again, it's so. I mean, you know. But I mean, the night, I is, mean, the I, night is young. The night is young. There again, we've only seen Brett Howden and Phil Peel have really two full seasons in the NHL at this point. It's really all I can. I think I can, you know, say with some confidence that I don't see Brett Howden as more. No, than, of course. Yeah, they're not, they're third, third line fourth center. Yeah, I mean, of again, third line center, kind of best case scenario. Yeah. For him, I mean. Again, he's and that's not a bad. That's just the reality of it. Again, he's Rangers traded for him with high hopes that I'm, mm-hmm. he hasn't necessarily lived up to, and you know maybe with also that first round pick pedigree. But you know, a third, a, a solid third line center is a valuable player, Very and valuable. that just might be what what Howden is. But then the question is, in in regards to you know Ryan Strom's future, is that is that Heedle, who's obviously still very young. Uh, is he that you know? Does it because if Heedles, if you think Heedles a second line center, then it doesn't really make any sense to keep Ryan Strom around because then you're just struggling to find a, a place in the lineup from for one of them, or you're moving one of them to the wing. It's so the, I guess the bigger question here is, you know, is Heedle that second line center, and then does that make Strom expendable? And you know, I guess you know theoretically, if things shook out that way, you could have Zabanajad as your number one center, Heedle number two, Howden number three, and McKeg number four. But obviously, that's a lot of youth, and, and you're putting you know Heedle and Howden in tough spots there. But do you think they they can well, handle that? But in regards to you know putting youth in those situations, we've David Quinn, you know, he will do that as we've seen you know, with the young. No, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just yeah. saying that's a risk to take. If you're heading into next season, your four centers, you know, on the you know real kind of it's, you'd seem pretty yeah. much you you expect them to be kind of locked in that way. If there were if it was Zabanajad, Heedle, Howden, and McKeg, mm-hmm. or you know, say even you've got Lee Anderson hovering around too, yeah, maybe. Like that's that's a bit of a risk to take, I think, because I don't. And for my what I'm sort of getting at is, you know, I didn't see enough from Heedle this season to make me say he's going to be ready to to be a second line center next season. Again, I talked about Heedle as having being a dis, bit of a disappointment last episode. I don't want to 
I don't, I want, I want to clarify that I don't think he's like career is a disappointment or he's going to be a yeah. disappointment in general. I just was kind of like expecting him to make, take that next step on his trajectory next uh, this past season or this current season, I guess. But he he didn't, and that was what disappointed me. Not that as a you know as a whole, but I did also mention I do think he he you know he he lacks as of now some of that some of that vision and playmaking ability that you'd like to see in the center. His, his like creativity with the puck in general and his goal scoring is, is, is there for sure. But I think he needs to round out his game more and that might just take a few more years where I don't feel comfortable having Hedl go into, into the season next year as the team's number two center. I mean, this season you saw, you know, the top two centers in Zabanjad and Strom, you know, really carry those top two lines, really carry the lineup in depth wasn't really needed. But if you, but if this team wants to make playoff runs and you know push it towards the end of the season, you need depth. That's how that's how you're going to win championships. And um, right now, the depth is not there, unfortunately. And I think that uh, that time will tell if these you know 20, 22, 23, 24 year olds can develop into you know you know third, fourth line centers. And right now, um, we say you know constantly the future is bright, but when it comes to the center position, I'm not going to lie. As a Rangers fan myself, I'm I'm a little worried. Yeah, and I think, I think that I think the best case scenario this summer is you find a way to you know keep Strom on a bridge on a bridge, ideally maybe a one year kind of prove it deal. Yeah, but maybe but maybe it's really less about him proving it than it is more about Filipito proving it because if you know at the end of next season if Filipito's not still not looking like he's going to be that that second line center, then it's like, okay, maybe Ryan Strom should be kept around or, or the, maybe the Rangers should look to add another center in free agency, or perhaps they'll draft a center uh, with their first round pick uh, in this upcoming draft. But I mean, if it, as of now it's, you find, they find themselves in a tough spot when it comes to, you know, if, if Strom is looking for that long-term six year deal and it, it's, 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 it would be bold to lock up Strom for six years now when you're still a lot of uncertainty surrounding Heedle because if then if he emerges as that, as that guy, then, you got yourself if. in a tough spot there. Yeah. yeah, that's a big if. But I do think he sh- he's got the potential for it. I'm not definitely not knocking that. I'm just I, – I think there are some people that are probably overly confident that he will become that. We'll move on to the left wing. Uh, so on the left, the Rangers have got two studs at the top of the, the depth chart here in Artemi Panarin and Chris Kreider. Uh, obviously, Kreider locked up to an extension at the, at the trade deadline there. And I think, as we discussed, obviously, uh, in the past – I think that was probably the right move for the Rangers. I think you'd agree on that. Am I right? I, I do agree with you. Yeah. Um, but then besides those two, uh, you've got Phil DiGiuseppe and Brendan Lemieux. We're not going to include Brendan Smith as, in the left wing category <laughs> uh, for sake of ease here. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about him as a defenseman. Um, so obviously you've kind of only got four guys, no you know major prospects coming up. The Rangers do you know, sign a, a bunch of uh, – un, uh, college uh free agents uh this year yeah. and i believe a few of them can play the right wing yes uh justin richards son of todd richards and austin rushoff we'll, we'll call him uh, <laughs> i i mean i'm not gonna say that i know all that much about either of those guys but uh you know they you know they, i guess they theoretically could could come in and contribute on the win i don't have high hopes necessarily but you know maybe as a bottom line or, or third line player um, but yeah, I mean, what do you think here? Obviously Panarin and Kreider are, are great, but like, I guess we'll shift sort of to Brendan Lemieux to the start at the start here. Do you think Lemieux is the third line winner? I mean, 
left wing position, center position, so similar for the Rangers, right? You have two studs up front, first two lines, you know, great first two lines, and then things start to slowly decline, right? Brennan Lemieux, love him. He has the grit, the tenacity, the skill, you know, the, the penalty kill. He can, he can provide time on the second power play, as we saw. You know, he has that Chris Kreider-esque, you know, positioning in front. Um, third, fourth line, I think he can exchange between the two of those. I think he's great, you know, for young players on the line. And I think with his contract expiring this year, I think it would be foolish for the Rangers to not extend him. I think he's exactly what they need. Because, you know, the Rangers, they've tried to, in past years, you know, sign enforcers. But unfortunately, they haven't really had much skill and, and they've just been fighting players. But I think Brendan Hughes, that person they've been, you know, you know, catching for, you know, because yeah. he has that whole He's package. that pest. He's that, he's, he's that, that, you know. He's that pest. You know, lower level Brad Marchand, Sean Avery yeah. kind of guy that can, you know, bring the physicality, yeah. the intensity, the, so, yeah. the grit, that just I sort think, of like attitude. Yeah. I think that the third, I, th- I think that that third left wing position is sealed up in the organization. I'm not really concerned about that with Brendan Lemieux. But I think where we run into some issues is with that, is with that bottom line fourth winger, which again, you know, can be, you know, we can bring in a forward, a left wing, you know, for cheap, like an older um, an older left winger um, in free agency who has experience. But right now we have Phil DiGiuseppe, um, who points numbers were not, you know, tremendous. But again, he was a fourth line, you know, left winger with you, with you, with a bunch of, you know, youth. You're not really expecting that. But I think he, um, I think he, when he was called up, I think he did a pretty nice job in his role. Um, I think he, again, nice physical presence. He has this, he has some skill there, which he, you know, showed also from Carolina. Um does he have a future in the organization? Will he get signed to a, you know, a one-year, maybe even a multi-year deal? Probably not. But um, I think that uh, that that fourth that that you know that fourth left winger is definitely a question mark. But I think that um, if if need be, I think that um, D. Giuseppe, I think that he can be re-signed and utilized in that position in that position for you know the next year or two years. It wouldn't be prime, yes. but I think it's I think it would work. It would work. I mean, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I mean, I, I okay. expect the Rangers to, to resign Di Giuseppe. There's kind of no harm in it. I'm not you know, expecting him to have much of a market. He came in, he played well and was one of the veterans in Hartford. He you know, produced at a much higher rate there with yeah. uh, 26 points in his 43 games with the Rangers. He didn't, he didn't, you know, come up and, and do anything crazy points wise, but he got opportunities up and down the lineup. You know, he likes to shoot the puck. He plays, he plays with some physicality. He's, he's, he's not going to be expected to come in and have a major role in the team, but he could be that kind of extra forward, you know, who plays a little bit, you know, going back and forth maybe between Hartford and the Rangers could serve as a fourth line winger uh, if yeah. needed. I mean, the Rangers in these last few years with the rebuild have sort of, you know, it's been like a interchangeable kind of for, you know, wingers, especially when you're looking at their, their bottom two lines, whereas like, you know, the, the best teams or even the, the successful Rangers teams of the past, you know, they had their like solidified fourth line, even yeah, their third line. Whereas yeah. the Rangers, I mean, David Quinn does like to shake up the lines, which I'm not against, but even not just the lines, there's different, it would seemingly different guys in the lineup every now. You've got Greg McKay is a guy who came in and out. You know, you had uh, Di Giuseppe who called up and whatever. You've got, you know, guys like, like Boone Avis came up and played a few games. Yeah. Denninger came up. They, they, Fogarty came up. Brent Smith playing, you know, the exactly. you see Brent Smith. Yeah. You just see a lot of, of continuity there, which was, again, can be good, but it just seemed hard for any of these guys to get much of a rhythm and to sort of even evaluate a lot of them just because 
it was just so many moving parts. And, you know, part of that comes as a result of injuries and stuff. But also David Quinn does not use his fourth line to the extent that some teams do. Let's not forget that. And some winning teams. Yes. The Rangers can get – again, I'm not necessarily against that either, but the Rangers can get away with having DiGiuseppe be a a fourth line winger next year or kind of – not anyone, but I'm I'm just going to say it's not all that hard to find a guy that's capable of being your fourth line winger. It also depends what they want in that fourth line, whereas – you know, last year and, and ever since Quinn's taken over, it has been a checking, you know, physical, you know, we didn't even mention Michael Haley who, who spent oh, some time there. Well, I, I have um, my own thoughts on him. Yeah. He, yeah. We're not, we're not, we're going to be even talking about him. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, it kind of depends what direction you want to go where DJ Seppi is kind of that guy who's, I think is a good mix there where he's like, you know, defensively responsible. He's, He's also can can ship in a little bit on offense if you put him with some other skilled players. He, he can hold his own out there, but he's all he can kind of do a little bit of it all. He's not going to be a guy that that can't skate and is only going to fight. I, I mean, I mean, he started that comeback against the against the Canadians when he got that incredible yes, piece of boxing yes. butt. One that gave yeah, two yes. down. Um, I mean, it's it's the kind of thing where that position is is less to. I think there's less to say there. You just kind of just you've got those guys, and I do agree about Lemieux. He'll be. I think he should be that third line uh, left wing of the future. And it could be Di Giuseppe. It could be someone else similar. I don't think they're, you know, it's the fourth line. It's obviously I'm not going to try to discount the value of it, but it's there. There are plenty of guys that can come in and, and, and do that, that job uh, if things don't work out or if the Rangers are looking for a more offensive player or something like that. And when you have that firepower with those first two lines, like in your opinion, it, like are the third and fourth lines, you know, that important for this New York Rangers team where they're just so elite up front? I mean, I don't think it's, I think it, again, it just sort of depends on the coach. Like I'm saying, Quinn is not a guy that loves to use his bottom two lines with, with such frequency. Uh, if, if he did, then I would say, yeah, like you, you might as well. But I mean, I do even see what you're saying there where, yeah, Panarin and, and Zibanejad are such yeah. forces out there where it's like, you kind of want to just, and they're, they're just horses too. Keep them out there, they, yeah. They, I mean, like especially as a manager, that guy just, oh just doesn't seem to like PK power tired play or anything. Extra I mean, man, yeah. you know. Yeah. He he just like you can just kind of keep throwing those two out there, and they and they they they're, they're, even, they're, even, they're even just kind of those kind of guys where where you see with a lot of the top players, you kind of get better as the game goes on, they get their legs under them, they get going. The more time they spend out there, where yeah, I think the third line, you you that wasn't more of the issue. I think you you definitely need to have a competent top three lines, and Again, part of the issue with that was just the Rangers, uh, you know, sire to keep changing things up and, and move guys around, which is okay. Um, but the fourth line is not necessarily the most, uh, you know, the most of the utmost importance, we'll say, when you have a coach like Quinn who doesn't utilize it that much. Um, but I do think the third line needs to be sort of solidified to the point where you'd like to have you'd like to have three lines solid, and then the fourth line you can be moving guys around and yeah, changing them, things up. But the but the the third line should be a you know a trio of guys that are you know used to playing together and should expect to go out there and make an impact. I think with that we'll move to the right wing. Um, this one's I think I think this one's interesting. It's very interesting. It's interesting. Um, so the Rangers have got Pavel Buchnevich, who can play both, but he's mo- mostly played the right wing, uh, especially when he's on that line with Sabinajan and Kreider, because Kreider plays on the left. Uh, you've got Capo Kako, who we've talked extensively about last time. Mm-hmm. Jesper Faust, who we also talked about a bunch. I, I talked about it. Yes. My, uh... Uh, Julian Gauthier, the recent acquisition. Uh, uh, he's interesting. At the, at the trade deadline. Uh, he's in exchange interesting. For Joey Keane. Yeah. He's interesting. 
so that was a real interesting trade for the Rangers. Uh, and Vitaly Kratsov, again, all very interesting guys to discuss here. Because another one where there's a lot of uncertainty, not necessarily in a bad way, but there's just a lot There's a lot to discuss with this group. So you can, you can lead us off. What do you think here, Andrew? Um, Gushnevich, um, I think him, Kreider, Zabanjad will be on the line for years to come. Not concerned about the first line there. Gushnevich, I think he's a good player. You know, he, he gets in the right places. He just needs to he just needs to work on finishing, but he's a good playmaker. Now we go down to Kako and Fost. Fost did a tremendous job on the second line, although he did change a bit a fair bit throughout the season, but you know, solidified himself on that second line with Panarin and Strom. Capital I'm not Kaka, sure I'm not sure that Fost is the guy on that line of the future too, because let's also not forget that I didn't think he was on the line of the future. I, it does. He's an RFA at the end of this season. No, he's a UFA. UFA, UFA because you know we're talking about we're talking about Strom and D'Angelo. I apologize. Um, we I didn't think talk that about D'Angelo. We talked about him last episode. Whatever. Last episode. We recorded two days ago. Tony seems like here. Oh my god. <laughs> no, but um, I think that we're going to re-sign Fost, and he also said in interviews that he wants to be re-signed by the Rangers, and I think that um, that he will be re-signed to a two, three-year deal, hopefully. Um, but Capo Caco, generational talent, second overall pick. I know Not a generational talent, generational talent, second Not overall pick, generational talent, second overall pick. He didn't live up. Buddy, generational talent, generational talent, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, generational talents. Capo Caco is far 19. from a generational he's talent. 19. He's, he's 19. That is Gen- the most absurd thing I've heard all day. Genera- Dude, I say so many things. That you I don't think you know absurd. what a generational talent is. Dude, I say so many things that, that you will say, guys, like literally, I will say something and I'll get a text from Brian. That is so absurd. And he'll just make comments like that. I'd love, to hear, I'd love to hear what everyone else thinks about that. Really? I don't think you understand what a generational talent is. Elite okay. talent. Elite talent for sure. Okay. Not even close to a generational talent. Elite to generational talent. Not even close old. to a generational Elite. talent. If Capo Caco is a generational talent, if Capo Caco is a generational talent, then I'm not sure. And there's there's way too many generational talents in in the in the field of of the uh, recent years. They really went into the draft with Hughes with Hughes and Caco. Oh, these guys, you know, yada yada yada. They're incredible. Boom, boom, boom. And the word that I heard often was generational talent. I that is nonsense. Guys, Brian can say it's nonsense all he wants, but I'm telling you. Look at look at Cavalcaco's stats in four years, and when he is producing thirty goal seasons and ninety and ninety point seasons, you know, come back and you guys can tell. There we go. Him. Exactly. You just you proved my point. Thirty goal, ninety point season is 90, not a generational over, talent. He's okay. I hear a couple seasons. He's gonna be 23, 24 year, twenty four years. Exactly. In, in, in a couple years. years, when he is producing thirty goal, ninety point 90 seasons, point he's seasons. not a generational talent. Connor McDavid's hundred points, hundred points, hundred points, hundred points every single year. He's healthy. There, there that are is a generational there are talent. Sidney Crosby. Generational talent. There are different tiers of generational talents. There are different tiers. There, there's like you know you like. You know Crosby McDavid, and then you have someone like you know, like Patrick Kane. Bones. I just I just googled it. Capo Caco generational talent. How good will Capo Caco be? Is the first thing that comes up. Capo Caco is a very good player, says Craig Button. Not a generational talent. Then it comes up. Is Jack Hughes the generational talent? It says Jack Hughes is the generational talent who could help save Hockey Town. This is an article about how she go to Detroit. Uh, I'm, I, he's not a generational talent. There's no debate there. He's a great player and should be. I mean, should be a great player. Okay, you know what? Okay, we don't know anything until seasons go by and he gets. And then how can you so I'm not even going to debate this because we're never going to get to a clear answer because I'm not going to give this up. 
he's a very, very good player who will who is going to have a role on this team for 10, 15 years to come. He there will solidify that top three right wing spot. I don't know if he's going to shift from, th- from third to second to first. I don't know what's going to happen, but he will be on the lineup. Now, Julian Gauthier. Now we're done with this conversation. Um, interesting. You know, one of the top defensive prospects for the Rangers, Joey Keane, you know, was sent off for Gauthier. Again, to the Carolina Hurricanes. They made a lot of moves, um, you know, this past year with the Rangers. And um, he had a couple really good seasons with the, with the Charlotte Checkers. Um, you know, he made some pretty flashy plays when he in his short tenure on Broadway so far. Um, big guy, big, big guy, big physical presence. Um, again, another first round pick. Um, young. Um, I don't, he again only really had chances to play on the fourth line. So I don't really know if we got to see him showcase his full talent uh, this season. But I think it's going to be interesting to see if David Quinn decides to give him a shot um, in higher lines in the, you know, in the upcoming years. So I think between him and then Vitaly Krasov, who we'll talk about for a couple of minutes after this, I think the, that the right wing position is pretty locked up for years to come. Before I begin, I like to preface my statements by saying, found an article, Generational Talents of the 2010s, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, and Patrick Kane. You let me know when Capo Caco is half as good as any of those guys. You know what? I will. I will. I will let you know, actually. I will um, let you know. I will let but you know. On the right wing, yeah. So Pavel Buchnevich, uh, I agree that line is going to stay together, especially now that Kreider's locked up long-term. So Buchnevich, they're going to have to figure out some things with his contract in the future, which could get dicey, could get interesting because – you, you have to think that he's going to be a guy that that's going to be looking to make a good amount of money. And I'm not sure the Rangers are going to give it to him. There's also been plenty of discussions in the past about, about trading him. Uh, then he always, whenever it seemed to be like thinking about moving him, he always seems to come out and like go on a great run with exactly. Ryder and, and Zibanejad to like keep him. Uh, and that was ends up seeming to keep him with the Rangers. Uh, but I mean, Larry Brooks has written tons of times about the Rangers, you know, how they could look to ship Buchnevich off for a, a more north-south kind of player. I don't think that would be the right move. I think Buchnevich is, you know, he's not maybe like what we once like thought he really could be that like consistent, like 70 point, like real, like first, first top flight, like winger. Uh, but he's still a very valuable player and I expect him to, to stick around. Uh, Kako. Yeah. You know, the, the potential, the talent's all there. Uh, yeah, he's the generational not, potential. Uh, not 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 generational, but but you know he he did come in with that sort of franchise player potential. There's a difference. Uh, uh, where I I don't even actually necessarily think he's gonna be like a true like. I mean I don't think he's gonna be Artemi Panarin or Mika Zibanejad, but I think he's gonna be he's not gonna be Chris Kreider either or Pavel Buchnevich. There's a middle ground sort of between those two levels uh, that I see Kako falling into, and he is that shoot first goal scorer uh, that the Rangers he need. needs to shoot first. He needs he, to shoot yeah, first. exactly. He's he at least came first. in expecting that. I think he'll resort, he'll, he'll resort back to that next season, but this he was a little bit hesitant for sure this year. Um, Jesper Foss. Yeah. I'm not sure. He, the, I think Jesper Foss will have a market if he hits, uh, you know, if, if the Rangers let him hit. He, under we, we, oh, he's, he is so valuable. Um, do I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure. So. I'm not sure the Rangers are able to, to keep Jesper Foss, honestly. I know he. Huh? I mean, oh, I, I. I understand. It's like the sort of same thing with like Matt Zuccarello, like guy yeah, the Rangers but, would love yeah. to have back. But he, but and, he kind of needed to go with the situation and everything. But go yeah, on. but you're saying not Esper necessarily. Esper Fast is is you know getting older. He's not old or anything. He's not the yeah, same age as Zuccarello. Yeah, but 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 he's he's not so young anymore. And I think if he hits the open market, there will definitely be teams vying for his services. And I think 
what, what the other thing to keep in mind is who knows what will happen the rest of the season, but their salary cap is not going to be what it was. Well, the Rangers have got yeah. the Rangers have other guys to sign. Like again, I think yes, cost is so valuable, but again, not they he'll not that they'll make the same amount of money, but a guy like Brendan Lemieux is a guy I would really want the Rangers to find a way to keep around yeah. and probably prioritize just because of his age. And again, Fast is is maybe more replaceable in my mind, just because you can find those defensive minded forwards. His you know like fit with with you know Panarin and his just sort of like connection with the Rangers you know franchise over the years is obviously like plays a role in it. I think too. I think Fast is like a solid player. Obviously, a guy you know what you're getting. Uh, you know, you know what you're going to get from him. You know, you know, you know what to expect on a year by year basis. That's definitely valuable. But I think I'm not sure the Rangers are going to be able to pay him. You know, three to four million dollars, which is I think what he will probably command. Um, and I think it could be with the Philadelphia I, Flyers. By the way, I was re- I was reading two and a half to three and a half, so similar to that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it, like two like I would if it was two three or if it was two and a half or three, I'd be like the Rangers should be able to find a way to keep him around most likely. But I think when you hit the open market, he's a guy that like just like the coaches love. Every team is going to be like checking in on him, wanting to to see in it, to see if they can if they can get their hands on him. And it's not going to be like a bidding war or, any, or anything. But but you know, his price will get war. his price will get driven up a little bit, I think, because of that. And I would keep my eye on Philadelphia and reuniting with Elaine Vigneault because I know they were interested in trading for him at the deadline. Even the fact that the Rangers were looking for a second round pick at the deadline should you know. It shows how valuable I think that they they realize he is another team. They expect other teams to you know sort of uh, acknowledge that as well. And I think you know the Rangers ultimately chose to keep Foss because they thought they could be primed for for a playoff run here. But but I think they probably would have moved him you know had they been a few a few points lower in the standings. Um, but yeah, that's enough for Foss. Um, we, we we like to talk about him uh, and Julian Gauthier. Yeah, I think I liked what I saw from Gauthier. You know, he didn't like do anything crazy. Yes, that's but, very. He really. I'm sorry to interrupt, but he really reminds me of Chris Kreider. Yeah, the opposite if, way. I was going to say if you're going to call anyone Kreider, ask it's Julian Gauthier, and I think being around Kreider will definitely help him. He's produced in the AHL. Uh, he's yet to do so in the NHL. Not that he's gotten such great opportunities to do so. He's the kind of guy that I would love to see them, you know, like come into camp and really give him a shot and, you know, give him one of those, you know, those, those jobs to lose. For example, why I also said Jesper Foss might not, you know, be around long-term on that line with Panarin and Strom is because you could have a guy like Julian Gauthier, who I'd love to see, you know, get a shot in that, in that slot there. And even if Jesper Foss is around, I, I, you know, I'm a big supporter of his game and, and definitely value what he does out there, but, I, but he's probably better served on the third line. Um, but I think Gautier's, you know, got a guy that's going to be looking to prove something next year because, you know, he's he's not so young anymore. He's definitely still a young. Well, I mean, how, how old? I'm pretty sure he's 23, maybe. He, well, he only played 17 games in the. Yeah, NFL he's not. He's not. That's what I was getting. He's not played much. He's not played much in the NHL, but he's not such a young guy. And he's 22. Julian Gautier is 22. So is he? How is he turning 23 though? So he'll turn 23 in October. Yes. So, you know, about pretty much when the season starts, he'll be 23. Well, when uh, we so, think the season will start. Yes, exactly. We don't know when the season will start. Um, but I think there's, yeah, I think that's an interesting group. And I think each of those guys, you know, you're hoping takes some something of a step forward next season. You know, for Bruchnevich, you're not expecting dramatic, you know, rise that, you know, hopefully the Rangers get out of Kako. Uh, and Gautier, you're also just, I think, is a guy that you're probably looking at to take more of like a steady path forward. I don't think he's going to all of a sudden become a 25 goal scorer next year, but I, you know, you'd be hoping to get 10 to 15 goals from him, you know, sort of get things going there. Um, 
And then the last guy is Vitaly Kratsov. And I mean, part of the, part of the interesting part about this, this, this right side here is that, you know, there's like, they're all kind of skilled guys other than Foss who you like, you'd want to have in your, your top six, at least the top nine. Like, you know, I'm not sure where Vitaly Kratsov fits in right now because ideally, you know, you've got Buchnevich on that top line. You've got Gautier or Kako interchangeably on the second or third, and you want to give those two a shot. You know, they've been kind of waiting for that. So it's like, well, it doesn't really make sense to, to make Vitaly Kratsov the fourth line right winger. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe he can play on the left and, and, and slot in like ahead of Lemieux and you could use Lemieux on the fourth line. That, that could be a possibility. But I, I think when, the, when also dealing with, with the future there, they're going to be aware of, they're, they're going to have to be aware of just, you know, there's only so many slots, slots that there are in the wing here. And, and where, and you've got, you know, Panarin, Kreider, Uchnevich, Kako, who are like 100% going to be here. Like, you know, long-term okay. top six players, I would say, I would say comfortably. Do you have anything to add on Kratzoff before we move on to the defense? If he is going to come and be placed on the fourth line, I don't see the reason for him to be on the New York Rangers main roster at this point. Um, he the, only thing I, the only thing I worry about with him a little bit is that, you know, like his confidence sort of gets shaken after a rough yeah. year this past year. And then, year. you know, yeah, well, what happened going back. Yeah, exactly. we, we talked about that. Everything, everyone knows what's happened there. Everyone knows what happened to him. Everyone knows. Yeah. Um, I bought his yeah, jersey. No. He's my favorite player, and I know, I know what happened. Yeah, he can make fun of me for buying a Fox jersey last time, but we can go on here with some of the jerseys he has, too. I, I do um, I do have I'll the Troy Krasov and Jimmy Vesey jersey. Not going to lie. Derek Stepan. I'm not, I can't fault you for that one, but he's gone. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll move on to the defense. Um, we'll start with the left side. So this is another... This is probably one of the weaker groups. Uh, I think probably probably the weakest group. I would say packed with it's packed with youth. With youth, I would say who we have. Yes, really but seen some so of far. them, some of the youth is not all that inspiring in this group. Correct, as we've talked about. So you've got the elder statesman Mark Stahl, who's <laughs> got uh, one more. This you know this next year should should be his final season with the Rangers. His contract will expire at the end of it. Uh, but you know he's a hotly debated a player. Stahl, you know, is a guy that I see as, as someone that comes in and is just steady, plays defense. You, you kind of know what you're going to get from him, which, again, as I was saying with Foss, is not a bad thing. Stahl is also the kind of guy that, that if he was being paid $2 million a year, two and a half, you'd be looking at him probably in a different light than we are now, considering he's making five, five plus. Yeah. Uh, then you got Ryan Lindgren, uh, who we discussed extensively, and, you know, big, both of us are big fans of him. Brendan Smith, who's same same bonus <laughs> Stahl. A year left on the contract, um, and is you know probably more enigmatic player, but he's he's definitely a guy that can can play well in 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 spurts. He's not you know reliable mm-hmm. yeah. left defenseman necessarily, but but he can he can come in and contribute for short periods of time for sure. Then there's Libor Hayek, Igor Rykov, and then you've got the youngsters Keandre Miller and Zach Jones. Um, so what are your thoughts on this group? I think that we're secure for the next year with Mark Stahl, secure with the future uh, with Ryan Lindgren on the left side of the defense, and then that's where things get a little shaky. Igor Rykov was injured but didn't have a great year in the uh, in the AHL. Um, Keandre Miller, you know, signed his entry level contract, we so we may. So we may see some of him in the NHL, but again, really, he really didn't have such a great season this year in the NCAA. 
Um, Zach Jones, he's interesting because he actually had a really nice season for UMass this year. Really showed off at the World Juniors. Um, and I think that he can be really, really valuable. I actually think he has the most promise out of all the left defensive prospects, in my opinion, former third-round pick. So I think him and Keandre also have playing time together you know, with the U.S. team. It's very similar to, you know, uh, to Fox and Lindgren. So I think that I think Lindgren, Miller, and Jones, I think probably the future of that left defense. But again, you know, with Matthew Wilbertson, I don't really know at this point. But I think that's the Yeah, I forgot to mention Matthew Robertson as well. Yeah. I think it's again, I think I don't know because Kanji Miller and and you know Zach Jones and Robertson, they haven't seen time at the, you know, at the highest level yet. But if I think my guess, I think it's gonna be the three of them. You're gonna have the three Americans on the left side of the defense. But I think the key is it, it might be a little while before that, in, in, that course, trio is ready to of go. Course, of course. And that's maybe, what we're going to have to navigate. Plus, it's, it's, plus, you can't just, you know, can't put just all say, your stock. Oh, yeah, you they, they just, haven't played a game in the NHL. They may be good. Yeah, 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 you can't put all your stock into, you know, praying that it works out with, with Miller, Jones, and and Lingren. Other than Lingren, I think you can confidently say yeah. is here to stay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Stahl and Smith, I, I think I think we can comfortably say probably now that I don't think either is getting bought out. I think it's gotten to the point where if the Rangers do buy out someone for salary cap purposes, it's going to have to be Henrik Lundqvist. Um, I could see the Rangers trying to trade one of them um, on a deal where they retain some salary um, and, you know, try and ship them to like a contender for obviously a cheaper price with, you know, retaining half their, 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 their uh, salary. I also think David Quinn is, is a fan of, of Mark Stoll and, and Brendan Smith. He, you know, he loves to use Brendan Smith on the penalty kill and up front. He had this weird role last season. And Stahl is, is one of those veteran leaders of this team. All of the guys on the Rangers speak very highly of him. Um, I don't, I, th- I think they probably play out their contracts and that's probably the end of it uh, in terms of their Rangers tenures. Yeah, uh, you, I think. Yeah, you tr- I think you try to play out that, you know, uh, Smith and Stahl's contracts with both, with which both end at the end of next season. And I guess hope by that time that, uh, right, exactly. you, know, you know, that Robertson, Miller, Jones, may, that maybe they will be ready to, you know, and take you know, their games to the next level at that point. Even if they're not ready, you'll at least have a better idea probably of, of what the future looks like there. But at some point, I mean, you can't, you, you, maybe you try and sign like a veteran left defenseman. Maybe it's probably not going to work this year, but when a lot of money comes off, not this summer, I should say, when a lot of money comes off the books at the end of next season, they could probably find a way to get their hands on sort of a placeholder if they needed, um, because it, again, in any year, we'll be bold to 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 enter the season with with three really young guys like that. Um, yeah, Lindgren, I, I really like him. He's got that that tenacity, that grit. He's kind of that Brendan Lemieux of the back end, but I think he's he's probably even a more skilled uh, player. Um, and then we, I mean, yeah, with the other two, the, the the good point is they have. You know, maybe not all these guys will work out, but they've got a lot of of, of chances here because they also have Hayek and Rikov, yeah. uh, who both, you know, Hayek came to the Rangers with, you know, relatively, I wouldn't say high expectations, but people, you know, saw Rikov as a guy, as a guy who was trending up and had the potential to be a, a second, you know, defenseman, I'd say. Is that fair? Um, and and we, we, we still we still have to see him play a fully healthy yeah, season in the AHL. That's correct. Really I bad. think that his you start to his North American journey has been a little disappointing. Uh, he struggled with injuries last year, as you mentioned, and then Hayek we we discussed a, a ton last time too, who was just has not performed so far really at either level. 
Except if you do remember, Hayek was excellent, uh, not this current season, last season, in his very short stint before he got injured and had a separated shoulder. I I, I do was actually excellent, like like very good, and was like it was everyone was you know including myself and was like this guy your future looks bright for this guy he looks like he can be a second pairing defenseman you know could be. It could be a guy that helps solidify that left side. Again, very not young. The same he may be. Yeah. He, very young. He may be. Yes. But, I mean, literally, I mean, he showed tons of flashes in that. I think only probably played five games or so. But this year, he literally, I did not see, like, there was not one night where you were like, you know, Hayek played really well tonight. <laughs> like, I really see it with him. It just didn't happen. And that was a bit worrisome. Again, it wasn't like an inconsistency kind of thing where it was just like, he's got to figure that out. But he, but he was really, you know, flashing his potential. It was kind of just like, you know, typical Hayek, just kind of like tough night or just like really didn't do much out there or anything. And he's not an offensive defenseman, so he's not a flashy player. But he was just, I mean, he was playing with Jacob Truba. He was playing with, he played with Fox actually to start the season, I believe. Uh, he was getting chances with, you know, to, to play and, and do well. Maybe he was in over his head a little bit. But but uh, that was definitely a bit of a disappointment, as as you mentioned last time. Um, what else do you, What else do you have on the left side here? I really think we covered uh, you know, most of what we needed to cover on the left yeah. side. And I think that uh, it's time to transition on to the right side of the defense, which is, I think, the most skilled and the most promising position on yeah. on this roster by like this, this, by far. The stacked uh, part of the roster, except the, the only position that might be more stacked is the next one, the final one. Ah, uh, I forgot about that one. Uh, yeah, on the right side, Adam Fox, of course. I don't even know if we need to say anything else yeah, about you, Fox yeah, anymore. Yeah, you've heard us talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, Jacob Truba, Nils Lundqvist. There's not that much even to say about any of these guys. They're, they're, it's such a good group. But but it, the Rangers do find themselves an interesting thought here uh, because the way they could you know try and solve the problems like we were talking about on the left Shifting. side would be would be to move a guy like Tony D'Angelo just because he's had some experience over to the left uh, in order to you know kind of set things up perfectly to the point where you've got Fox, Truba, and Nils Lundqvist. Again, you're still taking the risk that Nils Lundqvist works out. But okay. I, I think that's a probably um, the most – that one. Um, I'd be more confident in that one than any of the other guys on the left side that we talked about. Um, and then on the left, you'd have – again, if you shifted D'Angelo over, you'd have Lindgren, D'Angelo, and you'd have one more spot. So I think you can comfortably say that one of Hayek, uh, Rikov, Kondre Miller, Zach Jones, Matthew Robertson will work out. And obviously, I think more than one of them will. But you'd be good there uh, in terms of you know, depth on, on both sides. That would be a really solid uh, group if, if things worked out that way. But, Tony, you know, the Rangers, David Quinn did not seem interested in, in moving guys around at, at last season, at least. We'll see how that continues. But I think this right side – Yeah, this right side is really interesting because Jacob Truba got paid a – had got a lot of money and had a, and did not have the first year that people expected. But again, not a bad year by any means. I want to clarify that. Not a bad year by any means. I don't I think know, Jacob, I know I Jacob Trubert had a bad year, but I don't think it's because – I don't think he's a bad player or that he's yeah. like going to have a bad Rangers career. Yeah. But I don't think Jacob Trubert had a good year. I, I, I think, I'm not I saying think he's sugarcoating it but, if he did. But I don't think – I don't know. I think people are saying he had a, like a very bad season. I, think, I, I would think, say he had a rough year. Agreed, but I think he was getting I, burned out there. 
He was, he was, but again, he, you know, he was logging over 20, you know, 22, 23 minutes of ice time, you know, being placed in the first pairing on a, on a team in the city. He's never, you know, been to played for in a team that's transitioning that's had struggles defensively for years and years and years. For sure. So I and think, I think, I think he played in Winnipeg for all those years. So it was definitely an adjustment kind of yeah. coming in and being that guy, that the number one guy on the Rangers blue line for sure. I mean, I, 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 Again, I'm not. That's not to say he won't turn it around because I actually do have high hopes. He's a guy I see having a bounce back year next year as this Rangers D matures, gets older, and just seems to improve. Hopefully, as as you know, even like David Quinn gets more comfortable as a coach. I don't see Lindy Ruff going anywhere, um, but that's, that's a conversation that's again for another people. time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, Truba, it's uh, Truba's in an interesting spot just because I mean, you think he's being paid eight million dollars annually? Yeah, it was an eight. It was an eight by seven, right? I think. Was it? No, I think it was. Let's seven look that up quickly. Hold on. I think it was a seven. Seven years, eight million, right? No, seven, seven years, eight, eight million. Years. Yeah, seven years, yeah. eight million. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, that's that's a, that's a lot's a lot of money. Quite a, that's a quite a contract. Where I think he has a no movement clause that kicks in actually this, or is it modified no movement clause? Um, that kicks in this summer, I believe. Like prior to next season, but I'm not, I'm I, not sure. I'm not sure. Um, you know, what, one second. Yeah, so he's got a no move. He's got a full no movement clause next season, and he's got a full no movement clause for four years, and he's got a modified no trade clause for the final two years of his deal. So obviously, the Rangers are you know. Pretty much locked into true, but once he, you know, makes it past this year at least, maybe this is just hypothetical talk or crazy talk. But would, if you're the Rangers, do you poke around to see if you can get rid of Jacob Truba, Jacob Truba's contract with Fox, D'Angelo, and Nils Lundqvist? You know, in the in the pipeline there on the right side. Uh, no, because I think that it's a very young decor, and I think he, you know, I know he's I think he's only 25 or 26, but he still has that veteran experience you can rely on him to get you know 20 22 24 minutes of ice time and he's going to be there in those tough defensive you know times of the game not a knock on true at all though and my point us, is just that he, 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 led the team in hits. he led the team in hits led the team in block shots which i know is you know not the most important thing in the world but i mean it's valuable but you can't afford to invest all of your capital in, in terms of the defense like you just can't afford to invest in fox d'angelo and Truba all on the right side especially and, when was making eight million dollars and is arguably less producing less than the other two he he he, uh, he produced less this past season we still see where he can go and all, and d'angelo and d'angelo but, 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 was, but let's uh, not and d'angelo was also going to get six five to six and a half million dollars a year as that's well, my point so my point is that you can't afford that you just can't and truba will never produce to the level that i expect d'angelo and fox to no, well, off- in the offensively future. absolutely not offensively, he did have a very good last year with the with the jets but he, he, with he's not going to get the power play time with the Rangers, and and it's just not. I don't, I don't see that happening realistically. I mean, if I'm the Rangers, I'm not like shopping Truba or anything. It's, um, I mean, it's yeah. not an optically. It's not a good look to sign him on a long term yeah. deal and get rid of him. But I'm seeing what my options are. I do think the Rangers still need that like player who is a defensive, you know, minded guy that's going to log minutes. And I'm not saying they should 100 percent give up on Truba yet. But if you got like a, a an offer that you couldn't pass up on, or something, like a team is not not just like a salary dump kind of move, like a legitimate offer, a first round pick or something for Jacob Truba, like it's the kind of thing that I'd be like tempted tempted by because they've got they've got Fox, they've got D'Angelo, they've got Nils Lundqvist, and then obviously 
Lundqvist and D'Angelo and Fox are you know, younger guys that will you know shouldn't be paid to too much money over the next few years. D'Angelo, but but, 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 but another aspect is that all those guys who was on the right side of the defense, all offensive minded defensive and Truba, I think is you know the one there that has that for sure. And that's what I'm saying. You st- but but you also have got the whole left side where you've got Lindgren, defensive guy. You've got Hayek if he emerges, defensive if, guy. If you've got you've got Kendra Miller, who I would say is a well-rounded two-way yeah. guy. Uh, you've got Rikov, who's similar two-way guy. He's not. I, I mean, I, I think as long as you have one guy who's you know more responsible defensively, then you're you know you're not going to have you can't have a full like defensive defenseman lineup. Where I think you you've got a balance there theoretically, if things go as planned. And I do think Truba still has value. That's I'm not trying to say that the Rangers should just like Truba sucks now and they should just like let him give him up for free. But it's the kind of thing where money-wise, it could be interesting because they've also got, they've just got so many guys coming up too. And again, right. you're not necessarily putting all your faith in those guys. Strong, Fox, D'Angelo, I mean, all yeah. essential people, all essential pieces to the team. Yeah, I mean, I think you just it would it could create some cap relief because like immediately, whereas they should they will obviously for a bunch of money next summer uh, as we talked about, but. But this could provide some immediate aid and will also just sort of get rid of the logjam. Again, I'm not sure that that really sets the Rangers forward in their rebuild. Not that I, I don't expect the Rangers to get rid of True either. Um, but I think it's just an interesting kind of talking point. I think we'll move on to the last position, the one that I said might be even more stacked than yes. the, the right side of the defense. I was only I was tenders. only referring to the skaters when I said it was the most promising. Fair. I mean the skating positions. The goaltenders. Uh, yeah, plenty to talk about again here. Igor Shesterkin, Henrik Lundqvist, Alexander Georgiev, uh, Tyler Wall, Olaf Lindbaum, Adam Huska. Let's dive in. Um, yeah, what do you think? Uh, I think this is really simple. It's Igor Shesterkin is the is the number one goaltender for a decade at the least. Next twenty years. Okay, relax. It was twenty years. Um, Georgiev. I want to talk about him later because I think there's a whole variable with him with the expansion draft there. So I want to talk to him with you about that one. Um, Lundqvist, as you said, based on what happens towards the end of the season, with if the season resumes, he may end up getting a compliance buyout, and we may have seen him play his last game in Ranger sweater. So his future as like a as like a player on this team, we know is probably not as much as it is. But I think we're not going to know if he's actually played his last game as a Ranger and is still going to be taking that salary cap up until we find out what, uh, what the angel decides to do. Tyler wall recently signed his ELC real promising numbers at UMass, you know, was one of the finalists for the Hobie Baker award. Um, so, I mean, if you have Eagle in that, and if you have, you know, a Hobie Baker finalist and a proven, you know, one, a, like, you know, two goalie in Alexander Georgiev, I don't think there's much to worry about with this goaltending position. Uh, yeah, I think Henrik Lundqvist's, has played his last game in the Rangers sweater. I think it's inevitable. Yeah. I think we don't know how that departure will go, whether that be a you know typical buyout, whether that be a compliance buyout. A lot of that will probably depend on the future of the NHL season. Um, but I don't. I think it's inevitable that he's gone. It just makes too much sense for the Rangers to to. There's no. He doesn't fit in the roster. Something I think I, I wrote about a while back too is that you know look sure you could you could buy out a guy. Like Stahl, like Smitty, they've, they've each got one year left on their deal as well as does Longquist. But you're you're you know probably creating holes in the, in the 2020-2021 roster 
by getting rid of, you know, two, one of your, your, you know, more experienced left defenseman there. Whereas Henry Lundqvist is just not needed on this team anymore. And again, I'm as big a Lundqvist fan as anyone out there, but, but it's, it's just the, the facts where it just, his salary just makes it pretty much impossible to, to keep him on this team, especially when you've got Georgiev, you've got Shesterkin right there behind him who are arguably better than him. Maybe not Georgiev, but Shesterkin, I'd say 100% is at this point in Lundqvist's career. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's an interesting debate there. I mean, I think the Rangers will be able to keep Georgiev and Shesterkin together as a tandem for, for at least a little while here yeah. until Georgiev eventually hits unrestricted free agency. Um, but Shesterkin's the goaltender of the future, like you mentioned. And they've got other guys like uh, Wall, who's now entering the system. Uh, Olaf Limbaum was a second-round pick a few years ago. Uh, Adam Huska was another guy who they drafted who's, you know, seen as someone with some backup potential. They've got options. And when you've got Benoit Lair, there's really not much to worry about there. Put, me in, the, with, put me in there with Benoit Lair. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Yurgiev point, but the expansion draft, actually, I'm pretty sure because, you know, if the expansion draft is supposed to happen after this upcoming season, right? Yeah. So, well, supposed yeah, to. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I assume it still will, but we'll see. Hopefully. Um, what I was going to say is that uh, Shesterkin will be exempt. He is exempt. Uh, because he'll be a s- second year player. Um, but uh, so the Rangers can still protect one goalie. So they'll protect Yorgiev. So there's Shesterkin. Shesterkin. No, Shesterkin is exempt. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got okay. Yorgiev will be the one protected. So the Rangers don't have an issue when it comes to the expansion draft. And that's regardless of whether or not like Lundqvist is somehow still around. He'll be a free agent, so they won't have to worry about him. They won't be like protecting his rights or anything. They'll also be, you know, what, 39 or something. Uh, but um, it, they're good expansion draft-wise, 100%. So that's not something to worry about for them, to worry about for them, luckily. And I think on a lot of parts of the roster, they're also just good in that regard because they're such a young team. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the – It'll be interesting to see how this plays out with Lundqvist. It'll be a, an ugly ending, it seems an like, for divorce, sure. I mean, hope, I mean, the only reason I'm kind of hoping that the Rangers can can come back and, and, and play a game here is so that we can see Lundqvist in the Rangers sweater one more time and maybe go out with a better exit than he did. And his last start was a disaster, as we talked about. We were both at that game. Oof. And his he came in relief against the Devils also, which was his last appearance, uh, and he did not. I think he actually played fine, but they lost that game. So we'd, I'd love to see him get his exit, even if there's no fans on the stands, sort of get that final game in a Rangers sweater. Um, but yeah, I don't, I really don't see how the Rangers could afford to keep Lundqvist around next season and what the point of that would be for either side. I mean, I can't imagine Lundqvist, you know, wants to sit here and, and mentor uh, Shesterkin and or, and or Georgiev. Like he's such a competitive guy. We know that. And he's, you know, he's a, a real generational goaltender. I'm going to use the generation. You're going to go back label. to that term again. All right. Um, but I, I mean, I, I, and I think he still, he still showed flashes this year where he's good enough to to get a chance somewhere else to be a starter. I, I really do. And win a cup, uh, maybe. Go, it, hopefully, win a cup. I'm not sure win a cup, but I do think he can get a a season as a starter. I'm not sure he's going to want to do that at this point in his career. Maybe he just calls it quits. Um, but I, I think that that goalie situation it will be interesting to see how see how it plays out. I feel relatively confident that Lundqvist will not be a Ranger, as sad as that is to say. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Brian. There, um, I think that that uh, that those that tandem and 
in those, you know, in the Russian Shostakovich and the Bulgarian Georgiev. I think that's already, uh, you know, set in stone. I think one sounds like Pierre Maguire. <laughs> and I think that uh, <laughs> sorry, we we have this joke about Pierre Maguire. And I think that uh, Hank has also played his last game in a Rangers sweater. I think that's inevitable unless the season um, returns. Maybe he gets one last hurrah into the into this uh, you know adjusted playoffs. What do yeah. you say? I said hurrah, not hurrah. Hurrah, uh, hurrah <laughs> in the playoffs. Are you really going to be on, on me like this the whole podcast? Everything yes, I say, you have something to say I'm, about. That's what I'm here for. All right, before we before we wrap up, I mean, one final this kid. Oh my God, one final question. This is something that I've been thinking about. I've seen on Twitter too. It's what? an interesting. It's what? Oh no, go on, go on. It's an interesting. It's a really interesting debate. Uh, you know, so essentially, if the if the NHL season resumes, would you would you be happy if the Rangers were in the playoffs? Would you prefer the Rangers to be in the playoffs or not make the playoffs? And let's pretend that. The, the league goes straight to the playoffs. So whatever playoff format they roll with, would you like the Rangers to be in the playoffs? Do you want to start this one off or do you want me to? Well, well you're going you're gonna to disagree with me, so I'll start off. I, I'm a hockey fan. I'm a Rangers fan, and I, I want to see them. That's it. I mean, there's no, I'm, I'm, there's no explanation. I'm, I'm a hockey fan. I'm a Rangers fan. I want to see them in the playoffs. That's it. That, that's my whole explanation. I genuinely hope the Rangers are not in the playoffs. And okay, I think yeah. there's, a, there's a valid argument for it. Like, yeah. I think it's like, when you really think about it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I, if this was a typical playoffs, I, I do understand the argument. Like, I hope the Rangers make the playoffs if it was a typical year. 100% great for the guys to gain, play, the young guys to gain playoff experience, get a little taste of that, and, you know, still kind of, you know, whatever, probably be destined for a first-round exit and have that, that summer there to recuperate. However... With the, the way the league currently looks, I don't think these guys are getting anything, especially these young guys are like getting anything, any, any sort of real NHL playoff experience by going to the playoffs this year. No fans, you know, it's no gonna, fighting. There's no fans, there's no anything. It's not going to be the same level of play. These guys haven't played in months. It's going to be, you know, a totally different animal. It's And it's not going to be anything, you know, reminiscent of what we've seen in the past or going to see in the future. So I think, you know, with thinking about that aspect of it, there's really no benefit them going back i'd love to see them if they go straight to the playoffs i think it'd be better arguably for a lot of these young guys too to take this time off and have have all this time to rest especially a guy like capo Kako, who we mentioned last time you know adam fox making the transition to college not from college not that he slowed down or anything but he's used to playing a shorter season so it'll be good for all these guys especially the young ones especially even guys like panera and zbanejad who relied on so heavily to take this time off and really be like full full go like guns a blazing heading into next season and I also think this draft, man, is is set to be something special. So when you think about it, if the Rangers miss out on like a twenty team on a twenty team format, which I'm, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't be in, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty of, sure about uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I mean, we'll have to see. But let's say it's, it's a twenty. It's very close, yeah. Say it's a twenty team playoff, and they don't end up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, then you get a top eleven pick right there, and you know, maybe obviously with the potential for a, a top ten pick, probably depending on how the lottery work, which works, which is also a mystery at this point. But, I mean, I don't know. I'd rather see the Rangers, you know, come out, come away with the 10th overall pick in this totally stacked draft class than, like, go in and find a way to, like, make it to, like, the second round of this makeshift playoffs thing and pull off a miracle and end up with, like, a late pick and having kind of gotten nothing out of being in the playoffs. Because even as a fan, like you were saying, I'm not going to be all that excited to watch it, honestly. If this I, is I, 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 I no could fans. not disagree more. I I, I'm just not. 
it's just not going to excite me that much. I mean, I agree with all your points about you know the draft pick and the and the much needed rest, but just I think that a lot of hockey fans I think will will resonate with me and agree with me on this one. But you, I mean, they may not. I want to see hockey, and I want to see my team playing hockey. That's fine. In, I'm in happy to see hockey too. I just don't need the Rangers to be in it. It'd be fun yeah, to watch some, okay. some. And it's but my point is, it's oh. not playoff hockey. It's just not. It's there's no fans. There's no you know, there's no fighting. There's, it's not the same. It's not going to be the same hockey, and it's certainly not going to be the same playoff hockey. Especially if all these restrictions, no scrums. I mean, it, it, you're losing the wingers, the wingers no part. fans. I'm saying you're taking a lot away from the game if you think about it. I mean, it's not the same game. Again, again, in regards to that, everything changes on a day-to-day basis. We have no idea what the playoffs will end up looking like. But, I, but I mean, there's no way this, this they come back and these are like a normal playoffs. And again, even to go well, back to one final point, if the Rangers, I don't really care if the Rangers were to make a miraculous, you know, thing and run and win the cup because it doesn't, it's not legitimate. It just isn't. Wait, wait, so, you're, so you're, so you're going to tell me that. <laughs> That if the I would be, won, I'd be almost Stanley annoyed Cup. if the Rangers won the Cup. It would be like we just wasted like this year. The Rangers won the Stanley Cup in, in a total, you know, like BS way here. And it's just like, what is, what is, okay. Like you're going to start like talking about how the Rangers won the Cup last year. It's like the Rangers are silly. You know, I'm not, I'm not ready to like deem the Rangers like champions or anything. We talked about this two episodes ago and you, you agreed that this this playoff format, the Stanley Cup, is not legitimate. I don't think. I, again, same. I agree. I, I, I don't know. I know it's not legitimate, but I, again, as a fan, I still want to see the Rangers playing hockey in 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 the late you know in late spring into summer. I, sure, but but I'd rather see the Rangers you know come in in a better position next year with fully rested and another, and another yeah, no, guy no, ready but, to come but you still said, you, you said it, it's inevitable that, that we're going to have a first, second round exit either way, even if we do make a so they'll, so they'll still have all the rest they need in the world. But I'm saying, fine, why bring the guys back? Just, now you're just, you're just bringing everyone back to like risk someone getting injured. That's what's the point of that? It's because it's because you want them. You but but my, my point is hockey. that's the thing. You get nothing you, out you of need it. To play ho- you want to play hockey. It's, 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 have, it's playing hockey. That's but they get nothing out of it. It's literally you're not we, as we pretty much agreed. It's not the playoffs. There's not the, there's not the playoff intensity. You're just going again, back again, for the sake. There's of it. so many. Well, okay. Just because they get rid of fighting, whatever. Again, I'm not saying that it won't that the winning cup won't mean as won't mean as much because it won't. I think you're still gonna have playoff intensity because they. Absolutely. I think not. teams are still maybe there's gonna be intensity, but maybe maybe just not as much intensity as as we've seen in the past. There's no fans in the stands. There's no scrums. There's no fighting. Not to mention the most important point that I just mentioned is that these guys haven't played. And they haven't played together. If, if you think a one-week training camp is going to, like, everyone's going to be, like, ready to roll. Teams are, like, going full steam ahead. Everyone's, like, looking great. The quality of play is going to be so low. Half the guys aren't really going to be, you know, in it. bought I mean, in yeah. and interested in being there. I mean, you think about it. You're even I don't just know. In general, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Fans. The answer is the answer to this is I don't know. Because I, I want to see hockey. I want to see the Rangers. But you have good points. It. I don't know. I am. I, I, am, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I'm not. I'm not going to give in That's to you, fine. and I'm not going to say I'm correct because I don't know. I don't because nobody knows anything right now. Nobody I knows. From, what, I'm saying, nobody knows what hockey is going to look like. If there's going to be hockey, if there's going to be a draft, when well, we know there is going, but when there's going to be a draft, how it's going to take place, nobody knows anything. And I, my point is, yes, I of course I'm a Rangers fan as big as, big as anyone out there. From bigger a, than me, you know, maybe he's a bigger Rangers fan yeah, than me. I mean, like, from a heart perspective, it obviously like sure. Any other year, I'd be pretty for the Rangers to make the playoffs. But if you just have to, you have to, you know, weigh the two and look at it with some logic here. Where I think the Rangers are are like helping themselves is the whole point by not making the play. It's not just because it's like it, the playoffs aren't real. Like I don't care. I'm not going to watch. Like 
it's, it doesn't matter. It's like they're literally helping their future by not making the by not being involved because you're you're getting a higher draft pick. And I think you're theoretically setting yourself up for success because again, I don't think they'd lose early. But there was an article somewhere recently where it was like the Rangers are the one team you don't want to face yeah, in this I weird saw playoff that. format. I saw where it's not well. crazy that they could go on some sort of run. So all of a sudden, if this thing starts, my point is if this thing starts up though in like August and ends in September and they still want to start the NHL like 2020-2021 season in, you know, October, whatever, November, then that's, and, the, and they do end up playing for a month. Then you're like, find yourself in a, in a kind of crappy spot there. Where you're you 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 lose a lot of rest. The Rangers' positioning in this being on the cusp of the playoffs, I think this just makes this decision for me impossible to make one because I I, I don't know I don't know I'm it's I'm so I'm stuck I don't know I don't know I, I don't know what again, I want I I mean yeah again I, I think you can understand like I can understand why someone would say I want the Rangers to make the playoffs but I don't think it like makes like I just don't think there's like really an argument other than that like it would be fun to see the Rangers in the playoffs and watch hockey and. Yeah. Other but than that, like, that, that's a pretty good argument, though. It's a pretty sure, good argument. But, but I'm saying, if you're like thinking about it from a strategic standpoint, I'm saying I don't see any benefits for yeah. the Rangers and, team by going to the playoffs. Not from I, a, not like I, as a fan. I also, I also want to clarify. I am not saying necessarily that that I want the Rangers to be in the playoffs or not to be in the playoffs. My answer is I, I do not know. That's my my answer is I literally I do not have an answer because I don't know. I am not pledging to say I want them in the playoffs or don't. Because I do not know what I want right now. Again, obviously, not, not, it's not to say that I'll be like upset if they're in the playoffs, but I, the question I think she's probably better worded not is, would you prefer it's, do you think it makes more sense for the Rangers? Like, do you think the Rangers are better off th- being in the playoffs or not being in the playoffs? It makes, I think it makes more sense for the Rangers to not be in the playoffs, but my heart wants them to be in the playoffs. Of course, that's fair. I think that's My heart right. wants to see the Rangers be play. I, I want to see this Rangers team play hockey. I know realistically it's probably better for them not to be playing hockey. Yes. That's why I'm torn. And again, and my point is we don't, as you said, we don't know what it'll look like, but I don't think it's going to be the same hockey that we're used to seeing. Even regardless when it starts, it's not, it might be, it might be, you know, there's different levels of how different it will be from what we've seen. It could be very, very different or it could be, you know, whatever. There's just no fans in the stands kind of same, same, same other like atmosphere kind of thing. I think that we should revisit this topic more in depth once there's an actual decision that comes out from the National Hockey sure. League. Because I was going to say too, to what is if if there's some, if they end up doing something where you do maybe like the 2014 playoff and they find a way and somehow the Rangers aren't in the 2014 playoff, that's when I get really psyched because then they've got a top seven pick, and this draft is loaded, loaded by all accounts. The the the, the top 15 and top 10. I mean, literally, if you're picking in the top 10, if you're the seventh pick at the worst. You'd assume they'd probably end up with the seventh pick because they'd be just on the cusp. But like you're finding them, you're finding yourself in a real good, exciting spot there. If you're the seventh pick and you've come off a season where you legitimately did come close to making the playoffs, aside from this weird format thing, you know, you 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 had a great, you know, productive season, and you still end up with with such a, a great, you know, talent. And plus, they've got another first round pick from the Brady Shea trade too. Like then you find yourself in a real interesting spot and like a real position to. And the Hurricanes also may be out of the playoffs for all we know at this point. They're they're also going to the cusp. Exactly. So they so so we so we may get a a top fifteen pick from that. Awesome. For sure. For sure. We'll revisit it next time for sure. But I think that's all we've got for today on episode three of the Ranting Rangers podcast. Any final words from you, Andrew? Um. Just. I mean, the, not, you know, I think we covered everything. You know, 
it was, uh, it was, I think it was tough to talk about what the season holds because I don't really think there's one correct answer, but I think it was great to talk about what the future holds and how bright it is at each position. And um, I think it's, I think me and Padgett, I think we're going to sign off for episode three. Yeah. And final words for me, Rangers future is bright as ever, but Capo Capo is not a generational talent. talent. See you guys next time for episode four.